are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? The always wonderful, and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer, Miller Thomas. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we are talking about a whole bunch of different things today. I'm going to be breaking down uh, which, according to MLB.com, which Diamondbacks player is most likely to win a Major League award next season. We're going to jump over to ESPN and look at their 2021 way too early MLB power rankings, see where the Diamondbacks fall on their list. And then finally, CBS Sports dropped their top five prospects for the Arizona Diamondbacks, courtesy of RJ Anderson. So we'll go through those three articles, analyze them, and break them down. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDiamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, let's first start over here with the MLB.com article. They did every team's most likely player to win an MLB award next season, and I bet you guys can guess who they had for the D-backs, because there's really only two players that you think, maybe, I would actually say three players on the D-backs right now that can win a major league award. Ketel Marte, Zach Gallon, and Madison Bumgarner. Ketel Marte can win an award for MVP next season. He's that good. He has the talent to win MVP. He's that. He's already finished fourth in MVP voting in 2019. So we've already seen the potential. We've already seen the ceiling with Ketel Marte. Now, the only question is, can he duplicate it? Can he rejuvenate his career once again and bring it back to what we saw in 2019? 2020, it was a pretty bad season from Ketel Marte. He didn't hit for a high average. He barely walked. His power disappeared. It was a pretty weird season for Ketel Marte. So he can have a bounce back and go right back into that MVP conversation. And because it was such a such a shortened season, I don't think he was bad enough to win comeback player of the year next season. I mean, he can have a great season, probably be in the running for that as well. But I think people think he's just way too good, especially coming off the 2019 season. The year 2020 was uh, pretty bad, but it wasn't atrocious. It wasn't like an awful, it wasn't like Eduardo Escobar season. So the Escobar has an all-star type season next year. He can win comeback player of the year, but he's not one of the three guys who I'm mentioning who I think actually has a real chance. I think Ketel Marte has a real chance to win MVP next season if he bounces back. I think Madison Bumgarner has a has a the best chance of any Diamondback to win 
comeback player of the year next season. And I don't know if I've been saying AL this whole time, but NL comeback player of the year next season. Bumgarner, remember, he didn't win a single game for the Diamondbacks. Just think about that. He didn't win any games in a Diamondbacks uniform in 2020, and he was just a shell of himself. Luckily, the last two starts he had, he looked a little bit better where he only gave up about three earned runs in each one, had a couple of decent starts to end the year, but uh, actually, I was wrong. He had one win in Diamondbacks uniform, and it actually came on the last start of the season. I completely forgot about it because of how atrocious he was the whole year. So, Massive Bumgarner is definitely in line to win NL Comeback Player of the Year next season because for a guy who was signed to a five-year $85 million deal, who's been a World Series champion and an all-star throughout his career, just completely fell off the table last year. And it wasn't like a Kev Tom Marte where he had a down season, but some of the numbers were still respectable. No, Massive Bumgarner was flat out bad last year. 6-4-8 year, right? He had 13 home runs allowed at just 41 innings pitched. Hits per nine at 10.2. Walks per nine was only 2.8, but strikeouts per nine, a career low at 6.5. So, Bassin Bumgarner, I think, is right there in line to win NL Comeback Player of the Year next season if he goes out there, has, you know, let's say in a full season, wins 15 games or 3 5 ERA, maybe 150 strikeouts, you know, 9.7 strikeouts per nine. I think he could be in line for NL Comeback Player of the Year. Ketel Marte for MVP, Baumgartner for NL Comeback Player of the Year, but neither of those two are considered the most likely option on the D-backs to win a Major League Award next season because, according to MLB.com, Zach Gallen is the guy most likely to win a Major League Award, and they haven't pegged for the Cy Young, and you can't really blame them. This is what MLB.com had to write about Zach Gallen. Gallon doesn't get the deserve or the attention he deserves like some pitchers in larger markets, but if he continues to pitch as he has in his first year plus in the big leagues, that could change in a hurry. The D-backs have acquired the right-hander from the Marlins at the 2019 trade deadline, and he put up an ERA plus of 157 over eight starts down the stretch. In 2020, Gallon picked up right where he left off as he set the major league record for most consecutive starts with three or fewer earned runs allowed to open a career when he stretched his streak to 23. Gallon had just two poor innings in 2020. He allowed four earned runs in the sixth inning on September 7th and four earned runs in the first inning on September 12th. If you take away those innings, his ERA would have just been 177. He still finished with a 167 ERA plus, and he figures to only get better with experience. Just think about that. Zach Allen's season 2020 was not just great. He literally just had not two bad games, two bad innings innings that's how dynamite zach allen was this season that's how dynamite he's been throughout his career just two bad innings eight earned runs basically given up in two innings that's that's what killed zach allen that's what killed his era at the end of the season i mean i he looked like a guy that pitched a lot closer to that 177 era for most of the year because that's where his era was outside of those two uh awful innings so zach allen's definitely my pick if I had to pick any Diamondback to win an award next season, I would also go with Zach Allen. Considering the stuff I've seen through his short time with the D-backs, his short tenure has given me all the reason why I believe Zach Allen could definitely win the Cy Young Award next season. Now let's segue to ESPN where they have their 2021 way too early MLB power rankings. And on here, they have the Diamondbacks 25 out of 30 teams. Sandwiched in between the Royals at 24 and the Baltimore Orioles at 26. But thankfully, they're ahead of the Rockies at 27. But 
The Diamondbacks at 25. They said their 2021 title odds are 60-1. to 1, And they said this in their little blurb about the D-backs. That was ugly. And the fans are turning on the team after a couple years of trades. Paul Goldschmidt, Granke, and the deadline deals this season that don't appear to have returned any frontline talent. Hitzel Marte and Escobar, so good in 2019, fell off with Marte inexplicably deciding he no longer wanted to walk. Robbie Ray couldn't throw strikes and was finally traded. Mel Kelly hurt his shoulder. Baumgartner didn't win a game, which is not true. We just looked it up. This is why I read this article before I did the pod. This is why I just said Baumgartner didn't win a game because I read this article and ESPN said he didn't win a game. But when I went to baseball reference, he actually won one game in 2020. So ESPN, I'm going to have to write you an email because you're actually wrong. You guys need to be fact-checked. Baumgartner did win a game in 2020. But let me finish the article. Baumgartner didn't win a game. The problem for 2021, the Dimebacks had the second oldest lineup in the NL. Six of their top eight regulars were 29 or older. Baumgartner now looks like a bad $80 million gamble. It was 85, actually. Come on, ESPN. They're only a season removed from going 85 and 77, so there is rebound potential, but the Snakes are a mess at the moment. I do agree with the last sentence. The Snakes are a mess at the moment, and I do agree with the first sentence. The fans, I think, have turned on the D-backs a little bit. Why did we trade Paul Goldschmidt? We trade a franchise player for who? Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver? Carson Kelly hasn't shown anything yet. He, he showed him a little bit in 2019 that he has some pop, but he didn't show anything in 2020, and he still hasn't been able to hit for a high average, and his OBP had just been okay. So there's still a lot to be desired from, from uh, a lot to be desired for from Carson Kelly, I believe is the saying. And then for Luke Weaver, he was dynamite in 2019, but he also dealt with some injuries that made him miss a lot of time in 2019. And then 2020, I, I don't know who was worse, him, Robbie Ray, Madison Bumgarner, because it was just a big ball of disgustingness, honestly. So, so far, that Paul Goldschmidt trade hasn't really netted anything. Zach Greinke trade netted Seth Beer and uh, Corbin Martin. So, a couple of nice, or uh, Corbin Martin, J.B. Braskakis, too. I believe they got those three prospects and the Zach Grinky trade. I'm really going off the top of my head. I might as well look it up, but they also didn't get anything, you know, elite in that Zach Grinky trade, you know? If those were the best players you got up, they were very nice prospects in the Astros organization, and they're still uh, considered pretty highly regarded in the D-backs organization as we talk about prospects in the second segment today, but still, it's not like they really it's not like they got back anything proven we haven't really seen these guys on the big league level uh we we don't really know what they're made out of just yet so it's still an enigma what that deal is worth and then the deadline deals this season i don't understand why we traded starting Marte. he was arguably the best dimebacks offensive player this season uh we now have a hole at center field and his option was only for what seven eight million dollars so he would have been the second highest paid player in the d-backs but i still don't think he would have made double digit uh, a double-digit salary. So because of all that, I-, I can see why fans are turning on the front office, and I can see why they have the Dimax so low in this power rankings, and I can't really disagree. Dimax are going to need to make some moves in this offseason. They're going to have to go out there, try to acquire some talent, upgrade this lineup. Offensively, it's not good enough. And then you might 
you're either going to have to hope for some bounce backs from your starting pitchers or you're going to have to go out there and make some tough decisions and go out there and acquire new starting pitchers because Bumgarner and Luke Weaver were not good this season. So a lot of holes to fill for the Diamondbacks, a lot of question marks about what to do with some of the, the talent on their roster, but I still have faith in Mike Hazen and I'm hoping he can turn it around. Maybe the answer is in their farm system as we go over CBS Sports Top five Arizona Dimeback prospects, according to R.J. Anderson. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back. Built Bar is more improved and Built Bar is more delicious than ever before. They were already very tasty, very delicious. They had 18, of eight, uh, 18 amazing flavors, but now they have six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The Built Bars are healthy. That's the reason why I love them. I'm a health conscious guy and they help me for when I want to go to the gym because it helps me eat a snack that's healthy, but it tastes like a candy bar. But in reality, it's actually just a protein bar that's helping me lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And get this, the other reason why I love a built Bar is because it's low calorie. It's low sugar, but it's high in protein and high in fiber. So it's great for my keto diet. If you go to Built Bar right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. You could get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and let's look at the Arizona Diamondbacks' top five prospects according to CBS Sports' RJ Anderson. And we're just going to go through the top five real quick and just give our thoughts. No, not our, my thoughts. You guys give your thoughts in your car, you know, at home, however you listen to this. But you're going to hear my thoughts and then you can react as you would do. And don't, and always remember you can reach out to me on twitter anytime my personal at creator thomas or on the locked on diamondbacks account i love interactions on twitter so please don't be afraid to tweet at me if you think i'm saying outrageous on the pod or on social media but now let's look at the top five arizona diamondback prospects according to rj anderson so number one is christian robinson on here and he projects him to be a pretty good outfielder he thinks he's ahead of his time he thinks he could be an everyday outfielder but his biggest question about Christian Robinson because he thinks he's one of the most intriguing prospects the D-backs offer he has the above average raw power and speed and he has a frame that should be able to add more muscle as he gets a little bit older he's athletic to play center field but the question that RJ Anderson has about him is his swing and miss rate because apparently he strikes out a decent amount and even though he has a ceiling of a star you have to wonder if he's going to strike out a lot but when you look at his numbers in AAA they're pretty good in 2019 he had a 282 batting average OBP at 368 slugging 514 so that gives you an OBP above 800 just pushing around 900 he had 14 home runs as well last year went 17 stolen bases in 2019 so I like Christian Robinson still only 20 years old 6 for 3 190 he's only played in low A that's the highest level he's 
played low A, so he's still got some time in the minor leagues, and he's considered one of the top prospects according to MLB.com's prospect rankings. I think he was in, uh, I think he was like 35 or possibly higher. I'd have to look that up real quick as well, but I know he was pretty high on those prospect rankings. Now, number two on this list for. Uh, RJ Anderson is Alec Thomas and Alec Thomas is a guy who I'm not as high on as some of the other prospects on this list and he's not a guy I'm as high on when you compare him to a Christian Robinson as well because if you look at what RJ Anderson is saying you can't see it but I can he says RJ uh, RJ Anderson says Alec Thomas has some questions on where he'll end up defensively and I just looked it up Christian Robinson, 39 on MLB.com's top 100 prospect rankings. And Alec Thomas right behind him at 45. But as I just said, I'm a little bit low on Alec Thomas because right here, RJ Anderson is saying we don't know about him defensively. He has a pretty weak arm, it looks like. So playing center field might be tough for him. He might be more of a corner outfielder. And then secondly, he doesn't have a lot of pop either. So I don't know how much speed he exactly has. So let's take a look at his stats according to MLB.com. Let's see what the hoopla is about. So had 300 last year which i like a lot only he had 10 home runs too which is pretty nice he played 114 games 379 obp so this is definitely a guy that seems like a pretty good contact hitter that could get on base and that's pretty much what rj anderson is saying too they think he could be a you know a, a rich man's brett garner something like that Alec Thomas right now seems like a guy who's going to be at the top of your lineup. He might not be a great defensive outfielder, but he should be a guy that can hit you around 300 and steal you probably 25 bases and have a pretty good average. He's what you would consider your typical leadoff hitter, I assume. Now, Dalton Varsho, number three, who I guess is still considered a prospect. MLB.com doesn't have him as a Diamondbacks prospect, but CBS Sports does, and he did play this season. He had some time on the big league level, and he was all right for the Diamondbacks this season. It wasn't like he jumped off the paper to me, but he does have his versatility, positional versatility, which I like a lot. We saw him, uh, we saw him, well, we know he can play catcher. He did some of that this season, but we also saw him in the outfield, and that's that's a big deal. If you see a guy who could play catcher and play in the outfield, you don't see that very often. There's only been three guys since, I believe, uh, World War II that's done it. Yeah, he, he would become the third player since World War II to appear in at least 20 games if he... Uh, he would be the third player since World War II if he appeared in at least 20 games this season at center field and catcher. So that, that's just how rare it is. Just not a lot of players have that kind of versatility. When you consider those might be your two of your top three most important defensive positions in baseball. Center field, catcher probably put shortstop in that top three too, but those are two of the top three. And Dalton Varsho is able to man two of those. That, that's pretty impressive. But his numbers in 37 games on big league level were disgustingly bad so hopefully in a full season you think you could improve that you think he can get better I like uh, Dalton Varsho he's still pretty young only 24 years old and he definitely can uh, get on base at a pretty solid average his college stats or not college stats his minor league stats aren't too bad at all because I'm gonna pull them up right here and in 2019 Dalton Varsho batted 301 in double A, hit 18 bombs and 21 stolen bases. Like, those are phenomenal numbers for a catcher. So, if he could bring those numbers to the big league level, we might have to say, uh, Carson Kelly, uh, we might have to send you packing once again. And I know that pretty dirty to do to Carson Kelly, but Va Dalton Varsho could hit his ceiling, then that could be a whole new playing field at catcher.
Number four, Corbin Carroll, outfielder, drafted 16th overall in 2019. So he's only 20 years old, and this is a guy who is, uh, you know, this is a guy who's still pretty young. And the thing about Corbin Carroll is everyone likes Corbin Carroll. They think he's a really good prospect, but the reason why he gets kind of disrespected by prospect rankings is really because of his size, and that's what R.J. Anderson mentions here. He said he would be considered uh, uh, more highly touted prospect if you're just a few inches taller and if i can find corbin carroll's height real quick it says he's five foot ten so he's not even that short but corbin carroll is apparently above average power hitter uh rj anderson actually believes he profiles profiled well as a well-rounded batter who will hit for average walk at a pretty good rate and produce strong power numbers so if you're getting a guy at five ten still developing still pretty young but if this guy's only 510 and he does have those power numbers i mean in 2019 he didn't really play a lot only 42 games but in 42 games he had 18 stolen bases so we know he has the speed bad 299 a 409 obp you like a lot and he only had two he only had two home runs but 487 slugging so that's like pretty solid it's decent so he should be able to add more power as he gets older and as long as he as long as he has that speed he hits for average and he can get on base he's another guy just like Alec Thomas who should be pretty good at the top of your lineup and those are two guys so far all these prospects I like for the D-backs I mean Thomas might be the guy I'm lowest on but still he still seems like a pretty good player, and he still seems like a good, pretty good prospect. And he's 5'11", compared to Corbin Carroll's 5'10", so it's not like that's a big difference between the two players right there, even though R.J. Anderson seems to make a big deal about his size. And then last up, number five on the Dimebacks prospect rankings, Geraldo Perdomo. And he was an international amateur free agent signing out the Dominican Republic, but Perdomo is definitely the best shortstop the D-backs have in their farm system and it's not really close but he because he's pretty much one of their only shortstops in their farm system they traded most of them away in the zach allen and starring Marte deals but still that doesn't mean he's not it's not he, he's not the fifth best prospect by default he's actually lived up to it and according to mlb.com they think he's the third best prospect but according to rj anderson they have him fifth so we're going to go off cbs sports right now and in a pretty good 2019 season he bad 275 397 obp at 364 slugging uh he had 26 stolen bases he's a speedster who hits for solid average and just another one of those guys who makes good contact doesn't strike out a ton and can steal a ton of bags i like dudes who can steal a lot of bags i'm a guy who's into stolen bases i don't care about what analytics say about you don't want to create create you know easy outs yeah maybe you get caught stealing five times if i steal another 20 bases i'm okay getting caught five times in a year so I like Perdomo. I like all these other guys. D-backs farm system is pretty strong. They have a top 10 farm system farm system in baseball. I'm curious to see how they play out, what their future holds, and to see if any of them will, you know, you know, uh, graduate to the big league level in 2021. Dalton Varsha is expected to probably see some more playing time in the big league level. But for the other four guys I mentioned, don't expect them to see them. Don't expect to see them in 2021, most likely, but they do seem to have bright futures, and hopefully the minor league system will be back to at least some semblancy of normal next year. We'll get to see those guys back in action, uh, producing for the D-backs, at least on the minor league level. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. 
Remember, it's the Lockdown D-backs podcast, your team every day. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news, coverage, insight. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Creator Thomas, at Lockdown Dimebacks on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!